0: Uh, the reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, it's the first part of chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
1: Let's pray. Father, as we draw near to this time when we celebrate your birth, as we think of the journey towards... You're coming among us. We pray that you will open our hearts to receive you. Open our hearts that you might speak into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When Judy and I were uh, living in Broken Hill, each Christmas we would set off with the rest of the family, a thirteen hours road trip, heading off to Sydney to spend time with our families. Some, sometimes we left before Christmas Day. while other times we headed off on Boxing day, but we'd mostly travel the distance in one day. In the early part of that, we had two children as the time went on and our time there, we had three children. It was a long trip, and initially, having to listen to the only tape we had, the music machine. Some of you might know it. At times there'd be fights, there'd be arguments about the temperature in the car, or the brother and the sister crossing the imaginary line on their part of their space. You can all identify with it. And of course the regular question over and over again, We all hear it on our road trips of our kids, which is, are we there yet? The question that I'm wondering for you this Christmas, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Because Christmas has always been about two journeys. It's been about... God's journey to you, for us, and about our journey to God. We often sing the carol, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. But very often when we look at this story, a king doesn't look like any kind of particular royal welcome for a king, does it? It doesn't seem as if royalty's been born. And when God made his journey to us, everything about his birth was unexpected. Joseph and Mary came from a despised town called Nazareth. Only about 300 people who sat on about 10 acres, about the size of our church property. One of the few cities of that day which didn't have a sewerage system. And then the 110 kilometer journey to Bethlehem on a donkey. And when they get there, there's no presidential suite available in the inn. Ever been traveling? You can't get a room overnight? How frustrating that becomes. Guy walked into a hotel one night, a large hotel, and the receptionist said, Sorry, sir, there's no room available. So the guy said, let me ask you a question. If the Prime Minister walked in here right now and asked for a room, would you find him a room? And the receptionist said, to be honest with you, if the Prime Minister did come in and ask for a room, we'd find him a room. The guy said, well, I've got great news for you. I know for a fact that the Prime Minister won't be walking in tonight. He's in a way so I'll take his room. <laughs> well, Jesus was born in a stable because there was no room. An animal shed, a barn. Over the years, we've kind of romanticised the stable. We sing about it as a picturesque scene with the cattle lowing. In other words, there was a cow in the delivery room. It was born to an unwed teenager. There was no doctor to deliver his baby, but only the rough calloused hands of this carpenter. You see, everything about God's journey to us is unexpected and surprising. And maybe the first exclamation mark was the first birth announcement that actually went to these shepherds. And if you'd been a religious scholar in that particular day and had studied all the prophecies of the coming Messiah, it would have been unthinkable that this birth would have been firstly announced to the shepherds. You see, the shepherds were the outcasts. They were the lowest of the social scale. They lived in the fields for most of the year. Whole life for them was a permanent camping outdoors and they would have been smelly and they were dirty and yet they get the first announcement that a saviour is born. And it raises the question why? why. Why shepherds? Well, I think the answer is in chapter Luke 2 and verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Notice that the birth of Jesus, God's journey to you, God's journey to us wasn't for a select few. It was for all the people. It was for everyone, not just those who are well-mannered and well-behaved, but for all people. Not just for those of us who have great marriages and thriving families and wonderful careers, but for all people. Not just for those with good credit ratings and good results at school, but for all people. You see, God at Christmas was making a a huge announcement that Christmas is for everyone. God was making this unmistakable statement that no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter what you look like or where you fit in, Christmas is for you. Christmas is for everybody. It is for all people. When I was training for pastoral ministry, in my last couple of years of college, I was also the pastor of the Lyncamarlla Baptist Church. In those days, when you then finished your studies, you were then allocated your ministry role, and uh, nearly always in a rural setting for at least two years. And so the relevant denominational committee thought it right to send us to Broken Hill. They said we'd go a long way in the ministry. The furthest they could send us. And while there are all kinds of responses to us going there, I'll never forget the comment by one lady in that congregation who said, Why are they sending you to that God forsaken place? Well, I want to tell you right now. That there is no such thing as a a God-forsaken place, nor God-forsaken people. We had seven wonderful years in becoming part of those people in that place, with numerous persons coming to faith, and actually two of our children are born there. Earlier this week, I shared a, this story with some of the men from the men's shed who work with the boys from White Lion each Friday. It was to encourage them as they walk and work alongside the boys, some boys from the other side of town, who often don't fit in well in their school system, who are often seen and labelled as troublesome, that they shouldn't underestimate, the men shouldn't underestimate the impact that they might have on those boys. Because even though I had a sense of call to pastoral ministry when I was still quite a young age, I had the view that I needed to gain some more life experience outside of my comfortable growing background, growing up background. And I also realized that I needed to understand what it was like to work in the regular workforce if I was going to minister to people who took every day, who every day life took them into the working day world where often they might be the only Christian in that place and therefore I chose to be trained as a school teacher before I went into ministry and I trained both as a primary and as a as a PE teacher and as I'd gone through school rather young I was only 19 when I began my teaching career and I began it out at St Mary's district in 1971 around the time that the nearby Mount Druitt housing estates were being established and I was given a class that none of the other teachers wanted to teach many of them were misfits Coming from difficult backgrounds, including two students who were returning to this school after having been expelled from their previous schools. One because he had burnt down Oxley Park School, where he was a student, and another because he had threatened a female teacher with a broken milk bottle. Innocent faces, aren't they? But it was a challenge, while it was a challenging year. I loved getting to know those kids and understand their circumstances and visiting some of their homes to be introduced to pets and some other family members. And being the sports master and coaching numerous sporting teams had its advantage. A couple of weeks ago, I received this unexpected email on my church account with an accompanying photo. He said, hello, Ken. I don't know if you remember me, but my name is Peter S. And I was in 4B in 1971. Last Saturday I had lunch with one of my classmates, Helen O. And we'd not seen each other since the end of primary school. We had a wonderful day, remembering a great time in our lives. The subject came up which teacher gave us the most from that time in primary school and we both said your name at the same time. I'm writing to thank you for the kindness and the knowledge and the mentoring you passed on to me and the others. Google is a great way to find people. I've read about your life and I'm proud to say I was taught by a wonderful human that has given to so many. I've since followed Peter up. He's been a farmer out of side of Goulburn. Married a couple of times, but generally had a happy and healthy life. He was the student who threatened the teacher with a broken milk bottle, and we're arranging to catch up. The good news of Jesus isn't that Christmas is for a selected few. It's for everyone, including the people of broken hell and the kids whom others might reject. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. It's for wise astrologers Come from the east bearing extravagant gifts, and it's for poor, humble shepherds who would have had very little to give. Christmas is for everyone, and at Christmas, God was making an unmistakable statement. He was saying, I will leave the highest, high throne room in heaven, and I will come down to the lowest, low of them in a manger in a stable, and in so doing. He was communicating that I will go any distance. I will pay any price. I will make any sacrifice. I will endure any pain in order to love you. Because Christmas is for everybody. It's for all people. It is for you who are young and it is for you who are old. It is for you that have a PhD and for you who can barely wait to get out of year 10. It's for those of you who live off Centrelink, it's for those of you who have large incomes and assets. It's for it those for those, it is for those of you who are single right now, it's for those of you who are married. It's for those of you who go to work in business suits and high heel or high or high heels. <laughs> 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 and it's those of you who get dirty filthy every day. It's for those of you who like rock music, jazz, country music or rap. It's for those of you from Caucasian or Asian or African or European, Jewish, Arabic or indigenous descent. It's for those of you who may be atheist, for those of you who may be agnostic, for those who might be Buddhist or Baptist or Anglican or Pentecostal, for those who might be Muslim or Catholic or Hindu or Orthodox. Christmas is for everybody. It is for all the people. It's for the orphans in the slums of Africa and Asia. It's for the homeless. It's for the addicts in recovery centers. It's for cancer patients in hospitals. It's for prisoners who will spend another Christmas behind bars. Christmas is for all the people. Jesus said, Revelations 22 and verse 17, the spirit and the bride say come. Let anyone who hears this say come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life because Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is about two journeys. God's journey to us and our journey to God. You know, when the announcement was made to these shepherds that a saviour had been born, their initial reaction wasn't joy. We read that they were terrified. It was fear. And often that's how spiritual journeys begin and what's going on they were terrified the scriptures say who would be terrified with this angel turning up with this news and then this choir of angels in the sky with dobly surround sound singing glory to God in the highest you see one of the things I appreciate about these shepherds is that once they got over their initial fear they said hey Let's go and see this thing that has happened. Let's go and investigate ourselves. You see, spiritual journeys always begin with exploration. I mean, I've heard some sceptics say to me, come on, a virgin birth, God in the flesh, The Christmas story, it's really a nice seasonal folklore. But I don't think I could ever believe something like that. But actually, when you dig deeper with people, you discover that they've never really done their own deep, sincere, personal exploration to look at the evidence. And you wouldn't write off the Christmas story, write off this whole message without doing your own exploration, like the shepherds where you go and see. Because the Bible says that all those who diligently seek for God will find Him if they seek Him with all their heart. It's a promise that you will find him if you seek him, if you'll explore. God has made a journey for each of us. And I believe that God is speaking to some of us right now because this Christmas to make a journey towards him. And I believe that's why some of you are even here this morning. It's no accident you're here. God is speaking to you. You might well say, if God's speaking to me, how come I never hear him? Well, let me invite you to uh, give me a show of hands on a few things. How many of you have a smartphone? Put your hands up. Yeah, about 90% of you. How many of you regularly use social media apps? from your phone, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and so on? How many of you regularly send or receive text messages on your phone? How many have music or podcasts on your smartphone? How many of you deal with emails on your smartphone? How many of you have more than one television in your house? Raise your hand. How many of you have some kind of stereo system in your car? How many of you are still wondering why you have trouble hearing from God? (laughs) Sometimes I picture God up there in heaven saying, do you hear me? Do you hear me now? God was speaking to these shepherds by this angel. And they went and found for themselves and they made their journey to Christmas. I believe that God is speaking to many of us right now. What I'm convinced of is that many of us, or some of us at least, are just 40 centimetres from Christmas. Just 40 centimetres from enjoying Christmas in its fullness. Just 40 centimetres from experiencing the gift of Jesus in your life. You're just 40 minutes—that's 40 centimetres away from experiencing grace and forgiveness for your past, the power and purpose and peace in your present and a great destiny for your future. You're just 40 centimetres away from all of that. What do I mean by that? The last 40 40 centimetre journey to Christmas is the distance from here to here. It's the distance between your head and your heart. It's the distance between believing something intellectually in your mind to be true, and then moving it down here to where there's deep conviction and faith and moves it to your soul. The Bible said it is by grace you are saved through faith. You put your faith in it. It's not just a folklore. It's not just a story. And the way that you travel those last 40 centimetres is with two words, two powerful words. Two words can change everything. You can be standing at your wedding and the words I will changes everything. If you're in a courtroom, two words not guilty changes everything. If you want to make, if you want to experience Christmas, if you want to make your journey to Christmas, if you want to experience the love of God who sent his son into the world to live a sinless life and to die on a cross on our behalf, then who was buried and who rose again from the dead, if you want to experience that, if you want to travel that 40 centimetres, it takes these two words, I believe. Right here, I believe, with my heart, not just my mind. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he's the saviour of the world. And I believe he came to ask me to journey with him. So can I ask that question again? Are you there yet? Or have you still got 40 centimetres or more to go? Have you made your own journey to Christmas? Because you could do it right now. Christmas 2019 could be your year. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes for a moment. In a moment, the worship team is going to come and lead us with a final song. And if you want the gift of Christmas in your life, and if you want Jesus Christ to be your leader, your forgiver, your saviour, then you just silently pray this prayer just travel this last 40 centimetres between your head and your heart and why don't you now with childlike faith say these two words I believe Our Heavenly Father I thank you for the journey of Christmas thank you that you came our way, that you loved our world so much, that even through your announcement to the shepherds, you were communicating that Christmas is for all people, no matter who we are, no matter what we have done, no matter where we have been or where we are from. I thank you for this gift. I thank you this morning for those who have had the courage and the humility to just say and pray those two words, I believe, and travel those last 40 centimetres to you. God, we rejoice with them and we rejoice with the angels in heaven. But God, we pray also for any of us who have got distracted, who have got sidetracked, who have become focused on other things and have taken our eyes off you, and we want to renew our faith in you and believe. And Father, I know that there are maybe others here today who aren't yet ready to pray those two, that two-word prayer because they've still got to do some exploring. Lord, may they have the courage to go on that journey of discovery. And we thank you for the promise of your word that those who diligently, diligently seek you will find you. Father, thank you. Thank you for being a God who is with us, who walks with us through all the circumstances that we go through in life. So we lift our prayers in Jesus' name and for his sake.